From Phoenix to London. From L.A. to around the world. This is The Ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle Ray Ellis and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us older, better, faster, stronger. Hey, when I hear that music, that means it's time to go. That means it's time to go and have... A chance to start the show. Did that rhyme? Oh, man, I'm not a rapper. I never was a rapper. I never will be. You're listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network, and I don't know where the number one co-host in the world is. <laughs> but he is here with us. Fan Man, how you doing there? Fan Man's here. See, you tried to rap. I tried to rap. You did the Bugs Bunny version. I don't know what I did, but, you know, it didn't work out. But let me just say this, Fan Man. It's a beautiful day in the valley. Well, it's always beautiful and hot there, and I'm sitting in by, by the beach right now. I can see the girls walking by as they stroll through the Careful sand. Careful now. PG show. Well, no, I just said they're strolling through the sand. I didn't say anything else. Oh, well, that's good, Fan Man. You're cleaning up your ass. Hey, Fan Man, guess I'm what? I'm doing my job, Ray. I have everything under control here, and I'm reading about this guy, Willie Andrews from the New England Patriots. I put a gun to his old lady's head. Well, you know what? Uh, you know, we're not going to start the show off on a <laughs> I figured negative. You'd say that. That's why I did it. Okay. We're going to start off very positive. And one thing is positive. What's no that? place else. Nobody else guarantees you. Conversations with players. I'm a player. I'm glad to be on the show. But we take a step further than that. I always like to reach out to my friends. And you know, we always got a good friend in Kelvin Fisher. You know, the man who has that Super Bowl ring on his finger, the man who helped the Pittsburgh Steelers put together that great team and help them put together an even better team this year. Kelvin is here with me in the studios. Fish, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Hey, you know, Fish. It's a, fan man's down there. You know, he's in San Diego laying on the beach. Fish, and, I'm, and I'm I in believe, Newport Beach laying on the beach, dude. Yeah, yeah, but I believe, Fish, if I'm not mistaken, it's about the time of the year where the fellows have to come in from the beach. Their time of relaxing on the beach is almost over with, and you guys are about to go into training camp. Oh, yeah. 20, um, we got about 25 more days. Uh, for us, and then some other teams probably have about 22 days, 21 days to get going. So uh, it's about to get cranked up again. Well, you know, when they're out on the beach, you know, sometimes guys don't go on the beach. Like Fan Man said, he's laying there on the beach, looks out, he sees some of the girls outside. But again, in the news, we see another player who has gotten himself into some trouble. You know, is this really becoming a major problem for the team? The Pittsburgh Steelers, I know, in one offseason you know you guys are worried about what happened with Big Ben and maybe not being responsible on his motorcycle but do you just sit there you know with your hand on your heart and just hoping that you wake up and it's not one of the Steelers that are in the news each day oh uh, most definitely um it, it has become a problem but I mean they're grown men I mean and, and they're going to do what they want to do but yes we that's one thing that the Steelers uh take pride in is is trying to get the right character players so that we don't have to uh, deal with some of the incidents. That well, you know, Fish is Willie Andrews, basically. In February, he was busted for possession of marijuana with intent to distribute and driving an unregistered motor vehicle. Okay, now let me I'm, I'm going to ask. I mean, I'm going to ask. There. I mean, you know, when you start having those type of problems, I think the team should get involved and say, hey, you know, what's going on in your life, man? You know, we got to get some, what's going on? We, well, we, you need some help. Hey, fan man, I'm sure that they are now, but I, I think well, what, what February, happened... back in February, they should have done that. Beg your pardon? Say back, that again? Back in, back in February, they should have done that. Well, I'm sure they did then, too. But see, what happens is, I think it needs to be one of those things where, again, 
you need to somehow dig a little deeper into that player's life, if at all possible. And that's where I want to turn that question to Fish because he's one of those people. He's out there. He's actually responsible for looking at these players, making an assessment of their ability. But how much, you know, time do you get or input do you have in digging deeper into that, that player's personal life? Are you also held responsible for that, Fish? Uh, yes, we, we are. We are uh, responsible for uh, getting all the background and character information when you go into the school. Um, and, and you just hope that you dig deep enough and you find uh, all the things you need. And, and sometimes if there's something there, you have to find out what it is, you know, how, you know, what happened, how it happened, and situations like that. And then when you interview the players, you have to really do a thorough job on interviewing them. And if you see any red flags, any red flags, sometimes you just got to back off. Um, and, and, and don't get me wrong, some players do not have any red flags coming out of college. And then they get into the NFL, they get a little money, and, uh, and, and, and they change, you know, thinking that, they can do some of the things that they wouldn't normally have done. Um, so that that piece of it is, is kind of different, too, where hopefully you got enough players surrounding him that is doing the right things to be able to mentor him and, and, and doing things like that. So, Fish, is that, is that part of your responsibility when you scout these guys and you're looking at a certain player? Do you, are you the one that has to do that, or do you go through a panel of people uh, or, or some type of committee that inter- interviews them? In, like, almost, like, almost like for a job, like you said. You know, you can be being hired for a job, and you might interview with three different people to see if the personality is the same with all three or your personality changes. No, it, it, it's it's our responsibility. When we go into that school and we ask about the, the, the players, we have to have the information. And just like um, how you wake up, you read the newspaper, and you see things that happen to players in the NFL, we get up, we read the newspaper, we see things happen to college players, we got to find, we got to go deeper and, and find out what really happened. Right. Cause, I mean, because you know how the media can – just get half of the story and, and, and you know, and then kind of... Well, basically, the media twist everything. So, yeah, you, you guys got to get in there. It's yeah, almost like the police. You go in there and get the real truth it, instead it, of reading a newspaper and saying, and, and it's all twisted. You don't know if it's true or false. Right. And, and, and you know, and, of course, the kid, the kid is going to have a different story, too. Of course. And so you, just, you definitely have to, you know, you have to do a thorough job with that. I mm-hmm. mean, and, and, you know, and the old saying is history repeats itself. Um, and if it happened in college, I mean, you, you hope that it doesn't happen in the NFL, but the chances of it happening if he don't, you know, go on the right path or right. get the right mentors or whatever, that it's probably going to happen again. So you just basically you have to do your, your research, you dig deep, you find out what's going on. Sometimes you, you find a coaching staff on the staff that you're pretty close with and get the information from him. And, and you just got to be really careful when you get your information that you don't leak it out, that you don't let other scouts find out that you got that information. Because, I mean, let's, let's be honest, guys use that against guys. You yeah, know? yeah, it sounds to me like what, what happened is, you know, fan man, if it were my team against your team, I would want you to draft all the bad guys and all your guys end up in jail. And then I, you know, have all the good guys. And, you know, I got, I got a team that I can put on the field. Now, let me ask you something. Speaking of a team that you can put on the field, you know, I remember the collective bargaining agreement, and, and I remember back when, when we played fish, there was a guy who had, who had a problem, and he had a problem, and, and Dick Vermeil released him. Uh, is it a thing whereas if there is a problem with a player, 
and, and, and he's released, uh, I think it should get to the point where at some point in time they start, you know, penalizing teams almost, even though you, you say, okay, we can't foresee, but you said history would repeat itself. I think it should be a thing whereas, okay, a player does something off the field, you don't get to replace that player. You know, you, that's a strike against you. And then perhaps maybe, and I'm trying to put pressure on you guys, that then you guys might have to do even more, more investigating in terms of background information on these players. Well, I mean, I don't know if that ever worked, but um, I, I do believe, you know, I mean, for a prime example, Cedric Benson, I mean, it was back-to-back incidents and there was alcohol involved in both incidents. Um, at what point do you not know? Yeah, that, exactly. That, and that's what that, I mean. That, see, that's my point I'm trying to make. Fish. Sometimes people are willing to, you know, give super, quote-unquote superstars a little bit extra leeway, right. you know, and I don't, I don't want them to do that. I want them to say, no, that person has to abide by the rules like everybody else. So then what will happen is they'll just th- do thorough background checks on these players and, and this kind of thing won't happen because it's bad for everybody, for the children, you know, trying to be a role model. And it seems like money, as you said, when these guys get the money, is, is the money seems to be what the problem is, too much money, too much time? You know, you know what, talking about the money, I think that, um, you know, in fact, on the NFL.com, um, good old Roger uh, Goodell, you know, the NFL commissioner, is basically saying um, it's ridiculous to reward untested rookies with lucrative contracts. And Goodell's referring to Michigan tackle Jake Long's five-year $57.75 million contract with $30 million guaranteed, and he's never played in the NFL. And I think getting to the money, uh, Ray, and you're 100% right, this money is so, so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm um, not sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. But but money money seems to no, be No, the temptation, I'm sorry. The temptation of that money will drive people that are say really nice a nice person into something that you would never think. Well, I think what happens is, is the money sometimes when <laughs> when you do have money, you know, there I think there was a movie I one time called Above the Law that that perhaps maybe sometimes the, the, the young men may think that they are above the law with the money. But, but that comment that you made about Roger Goodell, he went on, fan man, and, and pretty soon we're going to hear some music, and of course we're going to have to take our break. But he went on to talk about how, you know, escalating costs of players' salaries and things of that nature and escalating costs of stadiums are affecting the uh, amount of revenue and the profit that these owners are making. So I'm, I'm not on Roger's side when it comes to, you know, salary, you know, putting salary caps on, on rookies' salaries. I, I don't want him to do that. That's not what I'm saying. I just want to know why is it that we're making the mistakes about some of these young guys that I know when you look at these kids and you do some background checks on them that it's there. You know, they've had some problems in the past. Chance are they going to have them again? And I, I just – I, I just hate to see it happen to him because sometimes it's, it could be devastating. This well, guy I, I think it has to do with the money. The money's a, a, a big temptation, and they do things that they shouldn't do because they got so much money now. It's like you come out of college broke, you have no money, and then $30 million is thrown into your lap. And basically, Goodell's talking that they're untested rookies. Why, why should they be making so much money? We've talked about this before on the show where these rookies coming in have to prove themselves to make that kind of money. How about a guy that's been in the NFL for three or four years and he's not making even close to that? This guy's untested. Yeah, and again, I'm, I'm going to go back and forth with you on that, fan, man. We is, do. He's looking out for the owners. <laughs> he's not really, you know, concerned. He's talking about giving that money to the veteran players. Well, we know that the veteran players, most of the time they get injured. They, they, don't, they don't play for 10, 15, and 20 years. 
like some of the guys do in other sports. Well, so, Fish, how's that feel in the locker room when a guy has $30 million guaranteed and he's an untested rookie, and you got a, a veteran there three or four years in the league and he's not making he's making $7 million a year? How, how, how's the camaraderie happen in the locker room with that? Well, I'll let, I'll let uh, Fish answer that question. Well, I, I, I directed that toward Fish. Well, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's been a problem, but my whole thing is is that if, you know, you go to college, you perform in college to get to the NFL – I mean that's 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 your goal. If you're if you're a good football player, you're you're going to college and you're going to college to perform well to go to the NFL. There's high school kids today, right now, that's thinking going to college, performing well to go to the NFL. That's the reward um, for performing well in college. And it's just like a uh, kid coming from Harvard um, gets straight A's, a 4.0 student for three or four years. His goal is to be the CEO of the company, and that's what happened. Well, listen, we got some music there. That means we got to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. And, of course, we got Kelvin Fisher with us. We'll be right back after this message. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dimes' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes' research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports all right we're back you're listening to rail of sports on the voice america network with the number one co-host in the world and fan man i'm sorry but you know i i got i got fish here in the studios with me and we just get a chance to have a conversation outside of the conversation we're sharing with all the listeners but if you like to call in 866-472-5788 is a number that you can call in with. 
and of course have conversations with players. I'm here. I'm willing to speak. And and where else can you get an NFL scout to give you some inside information? But fam, man, you were talking about the revenue and, and things like that in terms of the, the owners and the, and the players getting too much money too early. Well, I think I want to respond back to Fish what he said with a guy coming out of Harvard, Harvard. and he's a, he, he, you know he is a four GPA. I mean, he's a really smart guy. He ends up on Wall Street, but he doesn't end up making thirty million guaranteed. But let me say this: what he makes is relative to what his value is to that company. Right, but and when you the, think the, about that, that's what these players are making. What the relative value is they bring to that team. LeBron James right now, he is so valuable to the Cleveland Cavaliers. If he were to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers, he would devastate that team. Did the Cleveland Cavaliers make LeBron James, or did LeBron James make the Cleveland Cavaliers? LeBron, the Cavaliers James, did, but LeBron James came in out of high school, I, I believe. And they took a chance on him. Did they pay him that kind of money right up front? I don't think they did. I think. Oh, they, of course they did. They did. Oh, of course they did. Yeah, they. They now remember the NBA has a salary cap, but he got as much as he possibly could. And so now their salary structure is a little bit different. So now he's going to capitalize after that in a couple years from now. And here's the key. Here's what people need to look at: is that some of these young athletes are starting to realize the value that they have outside of sports. Mm-hmm. And they are starting to leverage that. Now what he's considering is going to a New York market where he has a friend there. And he's taking that into consideration and his other business interests, how they may escalate once he gets into that New York market. Now, Fish, in a city like Pittsburgh, you know, you got, you got players there. You know, you guys have won a Super Bowl. Uh, you, do you compete against a player who may consider about what his off-the-field interest is? He may be better suited to be playing in New York or L.A. Do you guys take those things into consideration? Uh, no, not really. I mean, we, basically, we, we just we look at guys – uh, on how they perform and how I mean, how good they are. So is it just and, basketball that has to do that, or is it uh, is, that, is it more prevalent in basketball that the guys seem to have these off the field interests than football? Um, no, I think I think football. I think football have those guys have off the field interests too. But I mean, Ucho Cinco, as example, is, right? He's a guy who thinks that he can make. You know, football is not his, his, his only career option that he has. He thinks, well, at least he's been saying this, in that LA. he has other options. Right. Right. He, yeah, but he wants to be in movies. So mm-hmm. everyone assumed that and think that you can go to L.A. to be in movies. But never as you as a scout, when you're looking at a player, you never take those kind of things in consideration nah, at nah, all. Not at all. It's what he does on the field. On the field. I mean, because we're, we're looking at him to be a football player, not an actor, not a – not a business guy, I mean, whatever it may be that they're interested in. But we're looking at him being a football guy. Well, Fish, man, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers are paying this guy a lot of money, and a lot of money, so he should be concentrated uh, on you know, directly on football instead of being an actor or, you know, oh, whatever. Oh, no question. But, Fan Man, to the, the, the go back on that on the Harvard deal uh-huh. um, uh, with uh, – we was talking about Jake Long. Jake Long gets $30 million up front. But it's a, is it a five-year or six-year deal? Uh, it is a uh, five-year deal. Okay, so you break five years out into, into $30 million and you get uh, $6 million a year. Who to say that, that kid from Harvard won't make $30 million in five years? That's true. And that, that, that's, that, that, that's my it. point. That's, that's my point when I say, you know, it's, when you come out of college, you're young, but it's guys who make just as much money doing what their profession is because they went to school to do that to, to do that profession. So when when you when we when we say all oh, this guy is getting thirty million up front as a as a football player, that's his profession. 
Let's now, say fish it, that the, the, like Jake Long got hurt in the in the first season in, in his first his rookie his rookie career. I mean, you know, here he is hurt, and they have to pay him thirty million bucks. No, no, no. The guy no. On see, Wall has to continue to work that. To but see, the difference is with that is and stock options and so on and so forth. But but see, the difference with that is is that yeah, they they're going to pay him thirty thirty million dollars up front. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if he gets hurt his first year, then I mean that's that's the chance you take. Just like a guy on Wall Street, if you if he tell all his clients to invest in, you know, a certain company, and that company fails. That's the chances that the investors take. That's the chances you take. Enron. Yeah, so, look at Enron. So, I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just what it takes. But I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, you know, I mean, I, me and Ray have gone on, 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 on and on about this, about the, the money that rookies get paid. And it affects the fans. And it affects uh, all different, uh, t- uh, all different w- revenue, m- means of revenue by increasing prices at the game, increasing uh, refreshments and food and so on and so forth to pay these guys. Plus, we had a, a big uh, debate last week about Comcast and the NFL and who's going to control what. And basically, it's going to come down to the fans to pay more money to DirecTV or Comcast or whatever to watch the games. And it all comes down when you have $30 million or $6 million a year with an unproven player. Even though, I, I, I agree with you, the guy is very talented. There's no doubt about that. And I'm not even talking about that. But, you know, looking to say, hey, for the first year, we're going to pay you this. We want to see what you're going to do. We know you're really good, but you're going to work for this. And when you get into the second year, we are going to pay that kind of money. And then the fans, he has now drawn all those fans to that team. And that team is generating more revenue. Okay, let me let me step in here because Jeff is on the line. I'm going to welcome Jeff. Jeff, you there? Okay, I believe Jeff is holding. And you there now? I'm here now. Hey, Jeff, how you doing there, man? Listen, we, we were talking a little bit about money. <laughs> For some reason or another, money seems to be a hot topic. And I believe it all it stems from, you know, Roger Goodell, of course, had uh, made some comment about it being ridiculous to pay these, these rookie salaries. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I start talking to, by the way, we got our great dear friend Kelvin Fisher here with us today, uh, Jeff. So uh, Fisher, of course, is a part of this conversation. But I, I remember back in the day when there was a young man who was playing quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles who started to develop a little bit of interest offside the football field. And he, he was just, you know, bombarded with, with all kind of mean-spirited comments. And, and that was Randall Cunningham. But mm-hmm. nowadays, athletes are realizing their value, and they're starting to do things, you know, off the field. And, and I just brought up the comment. I, I asked Fish if he ever considered that. As, as you're out there, you're covering athletes all the time, Jeff. A guy who has uh, an interest outside of his football career, mm-hmm. is that something that you think the ownership takes in consideration when they bring that guy to their team? Well, I think they do take it into consideration. I think that they, I think that ownership wants a guy who's going to be committed, as committed to the, you know the football part of the job as as it, as they come. Um, that doesn't mean you hold it against the guy if he has a <clears throat> a hobby or, or something that he likes to pursue. You know, um, when you're talking about, uh, it sounds like you're talking about endorsement deals, right, Ray, and well, other can, money making ventures. Well, you know, that's exactly what it is. I mean, one thing about it, we know the only reason why it, it may be endorsements, but the only reason why Eli is in New York because Eli made the decision that that's where mm-hmm. he wanted to play. Right. You know, right. there was a reason. I, I don't know what his reason was for. It was outside anything football. I think that had to do with the Manning family wanting him to be in a better place for quarterbacks in general. Uh, well, you know, if you think about that, do you think New York is a better place for a person to go to a city and play quarterback because 
It's an AF, It's an NFC team that throws the ball. Or what do you mean by that? Explain that. But comment. I understood that the Mannings had a problem with the long history of um, what they called bad quarterback coaching and development in in San Diego. And you know, Ryan Leaf was the most recent. But um, even before that, I mean, I think if you go back since Dan Fouts, maybe the only quarterback they've had that's either made a Pro Bowl or been been you know, as serviceable was. Um, was uh, Humphrey, Stan Humphrey. So I, I think I thought that I was under the impression that it was more from that angle than it was for marketability concerns, but I might be wrong. Yeah, but, but, you, but you bring up an interesting point there that that might have been the reason why. But, mm-hmm. but, but going back to, you know, my question is that you don't think so. You don't think that that's anything that ownership should be concerned about because we're talking about basketball and LeBron James and all this money and LeBron James may well, want to I, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> I said ownership is probably concerned. You know, they, they want a guy who's, con- who's devoted to football 24-7. That, that's what I think. Okay, that's- okay. I stand corrected. You did say that because I have my good dear friend Kelvin Fisher here sitting with me, and as mm-hmm. a scout, when he's out looking at players, he doesn't take that into consideration at all. And that's why it's good for us to get a point of view from everybody's perspective, but to let people know the man who's out there, whose job it is to look at these players, mm-hmm. he's saying he doesn't take that into consideration. No, I, and we don't. And, I mean, and you're talking about a college player who, I mean, we're, you know, for example, Dennis Dixon, uh, he went and played baseball this past summer before his senior year. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously um, that wasn't his calling. Because he had, a, I, I thought he had a great, great year um, this past season. But did I think that he would go and play baseball, football, and go play baseball? No, I, I mean I didn't. And I mean, there's other players that have other interests as far as sport-wise. But as far as a business saying that I want to go to New York mm-hmm. to, do, to, do, to do some work with a friend of mine as a business, that's not going to come into play anyway until you have money. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, because you're not thinking that right now when you're in college because you don't have a lot of money. Um, but as far as, like, a player saying, I want to go to New York to be a player because I can market myself better, they're not looking at that either as coming out of college because all they want to do is get in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, and I would agree with, uh, with Jeff with, with the Manning deal is that, you know, Obviously, his family did not want him to be in, play for San Diego. I agree with you, Fish. I totally agree with that. You know, with that. For, I think for that, what reason, I don't know, but they did not want him to play in San Diego. San Diego is not a big Wait, can I, can I, Let me ask you something, Kelvin. If you're evaluating a player and uh, you know any college prospect, and you think this college prospect, based on your conversations with him, his family, people who know him, is leaning toward playing baseball, for example, and you know getting drafted and playing ball, and unsure about a football career, um, that, that, that's part of your scouting report, isn't it? Isn't that something that the team uh, would take into consideration? Oh, uh, yes, most definitely. But, I mean, when you look at the history, I mean, even looking at uh, Hanson, I mean, went mm-hmm. round, he went in the sixth round because of that situation. You know what I'm saying? He signed with New York, Yan- the Yankees. Right. And someone drafted him in the sixth round just to have his right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, of course, you're not going to take that player high in a draft because right. why would you do that? Oh, right. Oh. So, but, but the point is that sometimes it is considered, you know, teams will make – a determination based on somebody's non-football skills as far as how they're going to where they're going to draft him or sign him. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, even with the history, with all of it being said and done, most good football players is going to end up playing football regardless because they can't hit the curveball. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and it's interesting he said that because we're we're talking about uh, 
you know, a young man here who's, uh, you know, chosen to, 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 to sign for 50-something-odd million dollars. You know, his last name is Long, but, but I believe uh, Howie had a son, a younger son has made a decision. That I think he, he's going to play, play baseball, baseball correct? instead mm-hmm. of uh, playing football. So I, I, I guess, you know, what you're saying, Jeff, is that my question about off-the-field interest, you've now expanded that to mean something outside of football. If that's another sport even, something mm-hmm. that are these scouts and are these owners taking into consideration? I mean, I mean you've got to take into consideration when, when, when you're thinking about drafting that guy. And, and it comes back to what Jeff said is, is he committed to football? Right. Because you're going to pay him money to play football. And if that player is not committed to football, you take it into consideration. But do you take him in the first round, second round, third round, or fourth round? That's up to that team. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. We're going to hear some music here pretty soon, I'm sure, and which means we're going to have to take a break. It's funny how I, I – what is that? ESP? What is that? What do they call that? You know what they think? <laughs> Anyway, you listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Man, man. We got our great guest with us, too, Calvin Fisher and always Jeff Mosher. We'll be right back after this message. Yes. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you love sports and like food, or like sports and love food, or are anywhere in between, Sports Bites might just become one of your favorite ways to spend your lunch break. Broadcasting Thursdays at 12 o'clock noon on the West Coast, it's Sports Bites with Chef Di, a delicious, enlightening, and entertaining mix of sports, food, and celebrity athletes. Yummy. Don't miss Sports Bites with Chef Di, Thursdays at noon on the Voice America Sports Channel. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports uh-huh 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 you're back you're listening to rail of sports on the voice america network with the number one co-host in the world hey man and uh you know since i got uh, my good friend fish here we, we, we got to talk about this you know we're talking about how somebody didn't want to play football 
in San Diego. And my question has always been, it, it seems like, you know, there's a difference in AFC and NFC. And, and since we got, you know, we got Kelvin here in the studio, Kelvin, I want to ask you that question. Are, are, is there NFC football and AFC football? Do you, when you look at a player, do you consider this as a player who perhaps maybe may do better in, in, in the NFC as opposed to the AFC? No, I think, I think football is football. I think right now the AFC is doing pretty well because they have a lot of good – I mean, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the AFC. Um, but the, you can't forget the 90s was the NFC. I mean, you know, you had Dallas, you had San Francisco, and they pretty much – in Green Bay, mm-hmm. they pretty much ran it. Ran it, ran it. Um, so I think we're in the era, once again, that it kind of flopped and it's back to the AFC. And, uh, but I think – when it's all said and done, football is football. See, Fish, I agree with you. Here, here's another thing that's coming on the wire here. Gene Upshaw now is um, uh, saying that uh, Roger Goodell is ridiculous. And uh, basically, Upshaw was telling approximately 250 of the first-year players at the NFL Rookie Symposium on Sunday night, we're not in the position to try to take money from anybody. Our job is to make sure you get as much money as you're entitled to and not be restricted by anything else. We have never agreed to such a system. I don't see us agreeing to such a system in the future. Hey, fan man, you know, that's why we've got a fan on the phone with us because we want to make sure that the conversation with the players is what the fans want to talk about. And you want to talk about that money. And I am so glad you want to go back to that money. <laughs> but <laughs> No, with Gene Upshaw now, is, and now the fight's on between Oh, the two yeah, yeah. Because well, I love that. that. That fight will remain there forever because that's his job. He is supposed to fight on behalf of the players and you right. should say that that is ridiculous <coughs> because if you take the money from the players you're only going to put it into the pocket of the owners and 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 what roger goodell had said is that they did not foresee and maybe jeff can jump in on this that the owners did not foresee the economy being in the situation of which it is in today and the escalating cost of maintaining the players' salaries has called them a little bit adversity well let's say this too I believe that there's some people who bought teams that probably were worth a couple hundred million dollars that are worth close to a billion dollars now. I don't think you need a billion dollar stadium to play football in. The players didn't ask for a billion dollar stadium. They asked for grass instead of AstroTurf. Hey, Jeff, you want to comment on some of that? Well, I mean, do you think Jerry Jones was worried about the economy when he started putting up a hundred billion dollar <laughs> stadium in Dallas or, or, you know, right outside of Dallas like he's doing now? I'm Hey, by the way, I, I is, that that, a, is that an AFC stadium or NFC stadium in terms of production? They're going to produce. Who's going to produce better on that? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't even want to know. Begin to know whether what kind of stadium. It's an out of this world stadium. As far well, from me looking at it, it doesn't even look like it's part of this planet. So I, I can't even comment on that. But what, what do you think? Uh, I think. Hey, I think hey, what um, Gene Upshaw is saying is, and I think Gene Upshaw has a right to say that because it's it's almost hypocritical for Roger Goodell, who represents the owners, to come out and say that the pay scale is ridiculous when it was Arthur Blank who just recently gave out all that money to uh, Matt Ryan before Matt Ryan threw a pass. It was Bill Parcells and the ownership at Wayne Huizenga in Miami who gave all that money to Jake Long before Jake Long ever blocked somebody in the NFL. So who's, who's, who's that fault here? The owners were the ones that were shelling out all the money to get these guys, and now they're coming out and saying, well, gee, you know, this is just ridiculous, the economy's bad, and the rookies shouldn't be getting this money. It's, but, Jeff, that makes know, a lot of sense. Someone's got to police the owners. Yeah, Jeff, that makes a lot of sense because, uh, yeah, there's the owners saying, you know, handing out all the money. You're 100% right. They're hypocrites. They're hypocrites. That's exactly right. I'll tell you what makes the most sense of all, which <laughs> it may make sense to me, but on the other hand, you know, I'm, I'm totally against it. 
is that the owners don't have to pay that money anyway because where else are they going to go work? Nobody else is going to pay them that kind of money. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if there is a ceiling on the amount of money that you can pay a player because they impose this salary cap, believe me, that's all the owners will pay them is that salary cap. They won't pay them anything beyond that. Right, but also um, we're talk- has the owners complained about paying the rookies this amount of money or did this come from veteran players? Well, I would say this. My comment would be that the comments that I read and the, and the, and the, uh, the thing that I saw, that was Roger Goodell. I believe, though, that there are form- – when I was a player, I, I remember being a young player and being concerned about being out on the field, being productive, and there were some people that were holding pens and writing down plays that was making more money than I was. You know? So I was a little concerned about that. So, yeah, I know that the veteran players, and I'm agreeing with you on that, but the veteran players are saying it. Maybe people aren't writing about it, but behind closed doors, yes, the veteran players are concerned. That's that they what I said at the beginning of this conversation. That the and we'll see what happens. Really you know, Kelvin raises a great point here. I mean, let's see what happens in the future. Let's see the owners not be hypocritical and impose a pay scale for rookies, but then with that extra money, start padding the veterans' pocket, because right now, when you see all the quotes, uh, you hear, what you read is, well, it's not fair to the veteran players that these rookies come in and make more money before they do anything. Well, let's see if they really believe in that and start rewarding the veterans who have done it and been there uh, when, the, when they start taking away from the rookies well, and not just hey, Jeff, having the owners be, pad Jeff, their pocket. Be, be, before you came on the air, that's what we were talking about, where uh-huh. a, a player's coming out of college and he's a very good player, and Fish makes a good point. The guy's a really, really good player, and he's really going to help a team out. Mm-hmm. But... He, has, he hasn't done anything or shown anything. It's, it's like Matt Liner. Uh, you know, here comes Matt Liner making all that money, and he's mm-hmm. only played, he, he hasn't played that much, and he has beer mm-hmm. bong parties. Mm-hmm. And they're paying all this money out, but are they getting anything back in return? And, 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 and you know, prove, it, prove to us that you can play the game the way, you know, Fish scouted them. He, he, he made his commitment to say, yeah, draft this player. This guy has his act together. And then they pay him all the money. Then he goes out in the field and he flops. And the veteran players are sitting, wait a minute, this guy's getting $30 million bucks. And he just—he he hasn't played one down, and I've been doing this for three years. Hey, Jeff, right, right. Jeff, it's not Jeff. a fair system, man. But it never it's has not, been. It's not fair. It, yeah, and it's not fair in, in a lot of the sports, though. It's not fair. The same in the NBA and in baseball, you get huge signing bonuses. In baseball, they throw money at guys who never even make it to the major leagues. I mean, we were talking about Drew Henson before. The Yankees paid him a crap load of money, and he never—I think he, you know, got a call up once, and you know, even though he wasn't doing well in the minors, but they throw money away like that too. Well, guys, it seems to me that what happens is these owners, particularly the NFL owners, they are looking at the college level as being their true minor league. And they're making the assessment on Mm -hmm. how those players perform in their minor leagues, and they Mm -hmm. compensate them accordingly. Now, moving forward, I also believe that when the owners are looking at the current players, they're looking at their lifeline in terms of how long they're going to play in this league, you can look at the amount of players that only get three years in the NFL and are released because the fourth year you qualify for a pension, and we don't want to go into all of that. But unless you're performing and you're a starter and you're doing extremely well and you're, quote, unquote, the superstar status, they're not going to just decide to compensate you because they think you're deserving. If you're in a contract, you're going to be locked into that contract. When that contract is over, you probably will be released because they'll look for a younger player that perhaps maybe could be a special teams player that they can compensate him less and keep more money in their pockets. I think the way they have it now is the way it will remain. I do not think that you can put a salary cap on these young players playing football because the average career is only three and a half years. I mean, I, I would agree, and 
the thing is, five years from today, we'll be talking about a player getting fifty million up front. I mean, and five years, I mean, five years ago, we still players was getting about twenty million up front. Yes. So I mean, as it goes, every year it's going to be more and more money. But just like uh, Ray made a comment to me, a bricklayer that was a guy that was doing bricklayer. Ten years ago, is not making the same amount of money that the guy that's doing it now. And it is relative. And that's and that and right. And that's just how it is. And and I I don't think that the owners. I mean, I haven't heard anything about the owners complaining about the rookie salary. And maybe I'm wrong, but they're not. That's not an issue right now. I mean, as far as for the owners, I mean, the, the league is making money, and it's going to make money. And five years from now, it's going to make more money. And the players are going to get paid more money to play. And that's just how it is. See, fan man, what happens, in, and I think they've done it. They've, 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 uh, they've struck an emotional match with you. And, and they've thrown those numbers out because they know that's frustrating to the average person who goes to work and, and gets paid a lot of money like you do. But these athletes are making much more money just to play a game. And so they continue to throw out this emotional match that will start a fire and all the fans will get upset about it. But I'll tell you what, when that Super Bowl game was on, nobody cared how much money those players That's right, made. nobody cared. Right. And, 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 and when, it's, when people say these players play this game, first of all, let's be real about this. These guys are special guys. Everybody can't do it because if everybody could, everybody would. And you're right, Fish. Just they like, are special. Just like there's guys who's lawyers, <laughs> and everyone can't be a lawyer, and everyone can't be a doctor, and every everyone, I mean, so when, when these guys get these numbers for playing the sport that they mastered, I, I have no problem of them getting the money that they get. I mean, because when I was in college, I was the same way. I wanted to go, I wanted to play good in college so I can get drafted, so I can get a lot of money up front, so I can play in the NFL for as long as I can. And that's the same thing with the kid who's going to Arizona State in the business program. His whole thing of going is to get out of college and make a lot of money for a long time. So when, when, I, when, when, player, when people say they make too much money, I, I, don't, I disagree with that. And then in five years, some of these guys may not be able to walk correct. They may not be able to throw, they, throw the football to their son. And it's because they play football now. Was that thirty million worth it at that in five years from now when you can barely walk or barely throw the football? Was that thirty million worth it? I mean, I don't know. And and I, I think that's you know I think that's what some people fail to realize is that these people are taking a tremendous risk on their careers. And and that's like how many times when they're, when they're hurt and they're injured, uh, there are some people who say, okay, well they decided to do that, so that's the risk that they, they took. Take, and, and you're exactly right. That that that's a risk that you take. Well, that's take. what most people would say. They they decided to take that risk, but they've had that risk since they were playing pee wee football. Exactly since third fourth grade. That's yeah. right, pop Warner football. And when the when the kid the little kid went out there and the mother is watching him getting 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 his ass kicked, but the kid keeps on getting up and playing. They understand and realize, and then they go to the high school, and then the, in the college, and then hopefully the pros. Well, I'm I'm great. We got a fan on the show. Boy because a fan just lays it out the way it is. You know, fan man, you just lay it out there the way those those parents are feeling about their children getting their what kicked? Their, their buns. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a PG-rated show. All right. Listen, you're listening to Randall Sports <laughs> on the Voice America Network. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about another league out there. The United National Gridiron League is about to start. All right, baby. You're listening to Randall Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. And we'll be right back after this mess. What I had to do, because I had to give. Oh, oh, oh. 
Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Wake up and chat. He'll get you right back to your head. JackLaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice American Network with the number one co-host in the world. Fan man. Yeah, yeah, and Calvin Fish and I are just having all kinds of conversations off the air. But, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up, and, and uh, I know that Jeff is still with us. It, it seems like there's another, you know, football league going on this time of the year. And it, it seems like there's an Arizona team that's playing and there's a Philadelphia team that's playing. And I'm just curious. I got a, a, a pro scout here with me, and then I got a beat writer. And I want to know if any of these guys know anything about what's going on in that league. Hey, hey, could you please tell me, Jeff, do you know anything what's happening about the Philadelphia Soul? What's happening with those guys? Ray, I was praying on my knees that we could get through this interview without asking me about the Philadelphia Soul. Now, I don't I mean to laugh at these guys. no idea. All I know is that they've got a quarterback controversy. I think uh, Tony Graziani was normally their starting quarterback. He got hurt. Another guy came in named Matt Dorazio, played really well. I know they got a playoff game coming up, and I think they're going with Dorazio. So. Now, listen, I, and I don't mean to laugh at these guys, because these are guys who, like me, had an ambition and like Fish to play professional football. But at the same time, you know, it's like they, they don't get any respect at a Rodney Dangerfield 
of sports right now. And, and, and Fish, let me ask you, are, are you scouting these guys? Arizona's playing. Are you scouting these guys? <laughs> you can't see him, but he's, he's smiling, guys. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not, I'm not scouting them, but I... I, you know, I'm kind of a football junkie, so I'm watching. I'm watching. Games. I watched a little bit last yeah, night. Too, yeah, you know, I'm watching the games, but I mean, it's a it's a different game. I mean, it's a 50 mm-hmm. yard game. It's a different game. Now, I'm not saying that guys that left that league haven't made it to the NFL because there has been players that have been there. And, Kurt Warner. And, and I mean, and, and went on. I mean, it's, it's other guys that's they're not stars like Kurt Warner end up being, but it's guys that have made it um, in that in that league into the NFL. So, I mean, like I said, I think personally football is football. If it's eight-man, six-man, 11-man, when it's all said and done, you've got to do all of the same things, block, catch, run, throw, now, but I did, we, we were talking a little earlier about AFC and NFC, okay? And is there a difference in football? And you said football is football. And you said the same thing about this. But would you, if you were looking for a particular player, might the league look to the AFL for that kind of player? I just think – I think the numbers are so high, um, and what I mean by that is, when you get thousands of college players coming out every year, um, I mean, and Jeff probably know about this, and and you know the south, the, uh, the roster has been cut down to 80 from mm-hmm. I think it was 85, you know, uh, the world league's been cut out, which gives you a five man exemption. So I mean, with that being said, you're talking 80 players, you you subtract, I mean. Five guys from each team. You're talking about 150, 160 guys, and then coming out of college, you're talking about a thousand guys. You're talking about 264, 267 guys getting drafted. Another 267 guys, free agents or whatever it may be. I mean, you're still talking about there's 400 plus guys still out there on the street wanting a chance. So now you take into play the AFL. I mean, I don't know how many teams are in the league, but I think it's 21 guys to a team. So I mean. There's a lot of players out there. So as far as, like, going in there, taking a player from the AFL, you may be better off taking a chance on a kid coming from college. Yes, yes. and I've heard that before. I just wanted to, again, give those of you out there that are listening to the show a perspective from a man that this is his job. You know, I want you all to understand that Kelvin Fisher is a scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this is what he does for a living. Uh, Jeff, there's there's a new league out there. Jeff, I'm wondering, and, and fan man, as a fan, have you heard anything about the United National Gridiron League? Oh, I love them. They're great. They haven't even started <laughs> yet. <laughs> I watch them every night on TV. They're fabulous. Okay. Hey, hey Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, can you help me out, please? How, how can I even follow that up? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Uh, but, but he is a fan, and that's what I wanted to know. Hey, Fish, you mean to tell me you don't watch that? Come on, man. No, well, here's what I'm <laughs> saying, you? I want to say this because, again, as an athlete, I think it's the dream of every guy to get a chance to reach it to a professional level. And this is a new league in which I've talked to a couple people about this league that, again, is trying to – uh, extend the opportunity for a young man to continue to work on his skill set so that one day perhaps maybe he might get that chance so to become a professional So on the back of his jersey, he can, ha- he can have his name, I Am Bad? Well, that, that I Am Bad ended up playing in the NFL, I he believe. Ended up, he's the only one, I think, isn't it, in Warner? Oh, no, there were many more. There were many more? I, I, can't, I, I can't, you know, it's too much for me to remember. Well, uh, are you talking about Rod Smart, He Hate Me, that came from yeah, the Yeah, He XFL? Hate Me, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, there were a couple of guys that came from the XFL, but Rod Smart had the... Uh, I guess the most decorated of the of, of those. But do you um, think, Jeff, but, Jeff? Do you think it makes sense to provide another opportunity for a young man 
to perhaps maybe showcase his skill set so that somebody like you and I and my, you know, and Fan Man and, and, and Fish may turn the TV on one day and somebody might see that individual and say, hey, he's got good size, got good speed, good quickness, good well, hands. Let me look at him. Right. This comes back to actually what we were talking about before, money. <laughs> these, these leagues are only sprouting up because people think that they can, you know, profit off the time of the year where there isn't a lot of NFL, where there isn't any NFL football, especially around now. And they, you know, there's another league. Uh, there was a league in the South that was forming. I thought it was going to be this year. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it had a lot of. They had a team in Tennessee and Michigan. They were putting these semi-professional teams in areas that had really big college environments and hoping to, to make something of that. But I think that already folded. And so it's really it's nice that there's opportunities for guys to try to at least get get shown because I'm sure there's always that diamond in the rough. But really, this is just money-making ventures that usually flame out after a few years. I mean, if NFL Europe didn't make it, you know, why is the United National Gridiron League going to make it? Well, um, I, you know, again, just, I'm, I'm just thinking that there is a demand. There are people such as myself and Fish and you and mm-hmm. Fan Man that may wake up and the game may be available. It may be on TV right now, as a matter of fact, on what I think it's the FSN, okay. you know. You can you can That's see USC and, and, and UCLA playing in a game that was five or ten years ago. I mean, right. there, there is a demand for football. There are people right, out there that just love but there's a demand for a certain game. brand, Ray. For example, I have no not very much interest in even the, the best arena out there, but I will sit and watch a USC-UCLA game or a Penn State-Ohio State game from years ago because that's, that's to me, you know, what I grew up in. That's what I follow. Uh, it, it's the top top of the line of college or the top of the line yeah, NFL. And, 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 I, and I've always felt that the beauty of the NFL is that it's not every week so that you do have that great buildup in, in June, July, and August, and bam, you go right at it again. It's not like baseball where it's every day for so many months where you can kind of get tired of it. So, well, Jeff, I totally agree with you on when it comes to the college games, the major, you know, the Ohio State, okay, right, Penn you, State, sir, any you. of the major, UCLA, USC, it's great, great football. And then, you know, like, you know, you know training camp's coming, we get all this football to watch, and, you know, the Gridiron Association is not going to be there. Well, I, I guess what you guys are saying is that it, it is not going to replace your desire to watch the National Football League, and Fish will continue to have to go out and scout the big college players because he's not going to find what you want to see at this, you know, in this league here. Is that what you guys are saying? Well, he might. I mean, Kelvin can answer that. I'm sure, like I said, there's a diamond in the rough everywhere, but, um, you know, it's just very, very unlikely. Hey, Fish, uh, before we go, uh, coming up the coming NFL uh, NFL season, who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl? You think the Giants might uh, get what, back what, there? Fan oh, man, <laughs> you ask this question all the time. Well, I, we have a professional in the studio, and he knows his stuff. And, I and he's going to be politically he correct. What he thinks. That's Don't you all. think he's going to be politically correct? Why wouldn't he be? Why wouldn't he say? I, I know. That's why I asked the question. The Pittsburgh Steelers. You want to hear him say Pittsburgh Steelers? Say Pittsburgh. Okay. Oh, no question, Pittsburgh. No, I love that, man. I I love Pittsburgh. Well, you know what? You know, speaking of Pittsburgh, I, I just want to say this to Fish. They got a great organization, but if I'm I'm rooting for the, the AFC, man. I hope my Browns do a little bit this year. So y'all give them a break, man. Listen, we've been having a lot of fun here. I thank you for coming in with us today, Fish. You're welcome anytime you want to come in. As always, we thank you, Jeff. Fan Man, you're still the number one co-host in the world. Thank you, Ray. It's been Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. As always, wow, I got to go. So I'll see you next time. It will be the best time. Say, yeah, I got to be made.